Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm BizTimes associate editor, Arthur Thomas, and I'm joined on this week's episode by my fellow associate editor, Lauren Anderson. Lauren, we tore you away from working on a cover story to come talk on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. This is more enjoyable than that. So um, we're, we're at the end of, end of the writing process, which is always the messiest. Definitely. Yep. Um, <laughs> and Andrew Weiland, BizTimes editor, is also joining us. Andrew, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Well, let's dive in to our Insider Story Spotlight, um, a chance to highlight some of the insider-only stories that we've done over the past week or have upcoming. Andrew, what's on your radar this week? An interesting story, you know, I thought we did um, that stood out to me. We had a story about a church that purchased an office building um, a vacant office building in the Park Place office complex, which is on the far northwest side of Milwaukee. Um, there's been a pretty considerable amount of vacancy up there for some time. And of course, the office market is really stressed right now with COVID-19. Um, you've got so many people working at home and a lot of office users questioning, you know, do they really need office space or do they really need the, the amount of office space they have? or at the very least plans to move or add space have certainly been put on hold. So there's a lot of stress on the office market. And, you know, you look at churches and real estate, it's kind of interesting. Um, You've got traditional church buildings, obviously, but you see churches also pop up in some interesting places, you know, might be in a strip mall or an old big box store here or there. I think though it's, particularly unusual to see a church buy a vacant office building. I just can't think of that happening too often. So to me, it's an interesting story, but it's also a sign. I think it's yet another sign of, of a significant amount of stress on the area's office market. Yeah. It's one thing for the the big shiny new buildings, but the um, you know other offices, maybe not so much. Um, Lauren, uh, what's, uh, what's on your radar for the, uh, for insider story spotlight? Well, I'll tease one that's coming out on Monday that I hope everyone reads. Um, we have our, our September uh, 13th issue coming out and the cover story for that is simply titled Wisconsin is a major golf destination, which is, um, a, just a, a, a big look at, um, golf as a, driver of tourism in the state. Obviously the rider coming up is, is kind of a, a major news story, but beyond just that, um, Wisconsin's seen its status rise over the um, last decade to more than that of, um, uh, as, a, as a golf tourism destination. So it's a really well done story by Arthur and um, our, another our reporter, um, Meredith Meyer. And it's also a really beautiful package. We've got a ton of cool photography in, um, in this issue. And so I just really encourage people to check it out. Yeah, thank you, Andrew, for uh, letting me take in on that assignment um, and scratch the, the golf itch. Um, as a, uh, a longtime golfer, that was a fun one to do. And got to talk to uh, Michael Kaiser, the guy behind Sand Valley. So that was fun to do. Um, my story I'm about that story. And yeah, and I, I do just want to point out to people, um, you know, the, the, the golf world's attention 
will be on Wisconsin during the upcoming Ryder Cup. And so this, this, this story is intended to sort of take advantage of that, but also highlight the fact that Wisconsin really can hold its own with as far as elite golf with almost anywhere in the world. So it's really something to celebrate, but also look at um, the opportunities, um, you know, like Lauren said, as a, as a tourism destination, something we should really take advantage of. So, you know, with the, the eyes of the golf world upon Wisconsin, there's no better time than to toot our own horn about, you know, what a great place Wisconsin is. Definitely. And uh, so my story for this week on the Insider Story Spotlight um, is one I did on the, um, the latest uh, data on banking market share, banking deposit market share in the state, which is kind of an interesting look. Once a year, the FDIC puts out numbers on um, how much each bank has in deposits in the state. Um, just some crazy numbers in terms of how much deposits have grown in the last year, two years, uh, $21, million, $21 billion growth um, from 2020 to 2021, June 30th, June 30th. And then another chunk after that from the previous year. So it's like almost 50 billion in deposit growth um, over that time. So it's just a, um, a crazy figure. US Bank gained a lot of market share um, with the deposits up so much, like even banks that, that grew significantly still lost some share. So just a kind of interesting look um, at uh, the banking market in Wisconsin. Um, let's turn now uh, to dive into a couple of the big stories of the week, um, go a little deeper. Um, specifically, uh, President Joe Biden announced um, you know, somewhat of a national vaccine mandate um, this week, uh, specifically you know, one that requires companies with more than 100 employees to either mandate or test um, Lauren, you've been covering the COVID-19 world for us. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, this was notable because it's, it's definitely the most forceful, um, action we've seen, uh, Biden take since probably the start of the pandemic. Um, and it's, uh, definitely signaling, uh, a, a more ser- serious, uh, tone in, in terms of, uh, the vaccine push. So, um, the, the big deal here, uh, like you mentioned, is for um, companies in the private sector with 100 or more employees will now be um, under this order, will be required to have their employees be vaccinated or get tested, tested at least weekly if they choose not to get vaccinated. Um, and then it's also a, a vaccination mandate for federal workers and contractors and they won't have the option to test weekly. This will be just a, a vaccine mandate for them. Um, so nationally, that's expected to affect as many as 100 million people, which is a big, big number, <laughs> including 80 million workers in the in these private sector companies. So um, definitely a, a huge news story this week. Yeah, and we, we dug into the numbers a little bit, tried to get a sense of how many this covers in Wisconsin. And I think you can... You know, it's hard to find an exact data source, but, you know, conservatively, it's a million, um, probably more like 1.2 million to maybe upwards of 1.7, 1.8 million workers in the state that work at companies with more than 100 employees. Um, and so that's, you know, a pretty good chunk. I think we have like 2.6 million total in the private sector in Wisconsin. 
Um, so definitely covers a lot of people. Of course, the question is, you know, I think what is about 50 some percent are already vaccinated in the state. So, you know, how many of those people fall within those companies? How many does it really impact is another story. But uh, be interesting to see the, the reaction. Andrew, what do you make of this? Well, I think I think we're at two thirds of adults um, are vaccinated in the state. You know, if 12, if you're under 12, you can't get the vaccine yet. So a large portion of the non-vaccinated are, are, are kids. But um, boy, this is uh, this is really quite an announcement. Um, certainly Biden's critics are howling louder than ever, I would say, after making this, you know, you know, pushing this out there. Um, and, and there's huge questions, obviously, right away. The, the question is going to be, is, is this constitutional? I mean, it seems clear there's going to be a legal challenge to this. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the Supreme Court to decide, you know, whether this this actually goes in place. I mean, we're, they're treating it. Biden's treating it like this is just a, you know, OSHA, you know, putting some safety rule out there. But it's certainly an unprecedented uh, to, to go, you know, a vaccine mandate or a test mandate. So there's going to be a ferocious legal challenge. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, how that plays out. You know, if, if it is upheld, you know, you've already got business groups saying, look, this is going to be a big burden, you know, raising concerns. Um, you know, how the practicality of a business actually dealing with these requirements um, I'm sure it's going to create a headache for them if, if they actually have to do this. So you've got that to consider as well. Um, you know, obviously, I think the president has obviously reached a frustration point with the pandemic. Earlier this summer, it looked like we were out of the woods. And then this Delta variant comes in and the numbers are, are rising significantly. Yet again, hospitals are under severe stress. Um, and what to do about that. Uh, the president has decided to, you know, to go beyond just, hey, the vaccine's here and encouraging people to do it. Um, he now feels people have to be forced to do it as many as possible. Um, the vaccine really is the, the ticket out of the pandemic, but can you really force people to, to take this? Um, it's gonna be a, a heck of a debate it's quite a time we're living through to go through to, to be experiencing this. We haven't lived through anything quite like this. So who knows how it plays out? Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that legal fight plays out and how quickly, you know, some of these things that these, you know, new new rules, they get challenged in court, they get upheld and then overturned and then over, you know, how quickly it doesn't make its way to the Supreme court and get it, you know, a decision, um, you know, what good does it do as a mandate if it doesn't go into effect for six months? What happens yeah. in the interim? Yeah. Um, and you think you know, the urgency of this would, I mean, the Supreme court decided to take this up. Yeah. You know, considering kind of, how serious of a mandate this is and how serious the pandemic is just have the Supreme court take it up and decide yay or nay, get some clarity. So um, another story from this week, uh, we took a closer look at census numbers. Um, we had gotten a look at kind of Wisconsin's population and city of Milwaukee, Milwaukee County, Metro Milwaukee, different things like that. Um, but we got a hold of uh, some data that kind of 
goes deeper down to the census tract level and took a closer look at that. Um, Andrew, what did you make of what we found in terms of um, the where where Milwaukee is growing and where Milwaukee County is not growing? Yeah, you know, and this is really a fascinating story, and we've had a, a tremendous response from readers to it on our website. Um, we were able, Arthur did a great job with this, able to create a map that shows every single census tract in Milwaukee County and then, you know, with a, a color coding method to show which ones are growing the most, which ones actually decline the most. And, uh, you know, you can, it's an interactive map. You can point at every single census tract to see the numbers. So you can really dig into what's going on in Milwaukee County population wise. And that's vital for a lot of economic decisions. Obviously, a lot of business decisions are determined on where areas are growing and where areas are in decline. Um, and we know that city of Milwaukee um, lost about 3% of its population last 10 years. And I know the city is talking about challenging that, um, that finding, but nevertheless, that's what the Census Bureau says for now. The county lost, I think, just a, not quite 1%. So my county is, is in decline population-wise. And taking a closer look, it's not terribly surprising to see the biggest area of decline is, you know, that sort of near north, northwest side of the city of Milwaukee. Um, there's a high concentration of poverty. There's a high concentration of crime in that area. And that area remains, is, is clearly struggling. And so there's a, there's a significant population loss in that area. And th the city of Milwaukee is going to have to work extremely hard and you know, we're going to be getting a new mayor and there's going to be a tremendous amount of emphasis to try to address the issues of that area of the city. What can be done to improve those neighborhoods and address problems? Um, because, you know, it's like I said, it's not surprising, but, um, you know, the, the data shows, you know, what, what we all know to be an issue. Um, you, know, you look at areas of growth in Milwaukee County. And again, downtown is the leader. So the, the downtown and also areas around downtown, Third Ward, Walker's Point, East Side. Um, we've all seen the growth, you know, we've all seen the cranes. So again, not a surprise, but it's interesting to see the numbers put to it to see just how much growth has occurred there. But it also points out the big problem that the city has is that it's been great to see the growth of the downtown and kind of greater downtown area you spread out to those nearby neighborhoods, but there's a vast area of the city to, that just is not seeing that that growth of downtown is not spreading spreading to surrounding neighborhoods, but it's not spreading beyond that. It's not spreading to the northwest side, and and that's a tremendous problem um, that needs to be addressed. The other area that our analysis shows doing really well is Wauwatosa. And again, probably not a surprise considering there's been a lot of development and growth in Wauwatosa. Um, number, the, the census tract analysis really shows a lot of exciting growth in Wauwatosa. So Wauwatosa continues to be a star, downtown Milwaukee, but in between, there's a lot of issues to be addressed. Yeah, I think this was like, a, you know, one of those stories where it was kind of like a, a finding that you you know, you might expect to find, I think we've, we've heard over the past, you know, however many years of the criticism that the growth isn't spreading, you know, elsewhere into the city, but to see it in actual numbers, 
was kind of an interesting thing and to see how much you know the the kind of third ward area and some surrounding parts you know it's among the fastest growing in the state um so even in a county in a city that lost three percent of its population has one of the fastest growing parts of the state um similarly the you know the to see that dane county looking at some other numbers dane county has like four of the five fastest growing census tracts um which again not surprising we've known that dane county has been growing fast um but then you look at that in comparison to some of the national figures it's barely in the top 1000 of census tracts you know the fastest growing area of wisconsin barely cracks the top 1000 in the state in the country um so when we hear about the you know workforce challenges and we hear about the you know challenges finding um talent you know that's part of it is people you know moving needing to move here um to help solve those challenges and you know even when you don't even crack the top thousand or you barely do in your fastest growing part of the state well that what does that say about how you're going to shape up in the talent and the fight for talent that is you know has more choice than ever in terms of where you live and you know how you work so something for people to think about as they uh they try to solve their their talent needs going forward yeah lack of population growth is a huge um economic problem for wisconsin so you know it's something that again it's not a new thing but you don't get a sense that there's a sense of urgency in, in my opinion from policymakers about it I, I think you have you know politicians that you know try to do what they think is best for the state policy wise but really no one has been able to solve regardless of policy, whether it's Republican or Democrat leading Wisconsin, we have not seen anybody solve this population growth problem. It, it just, it, it, it persists. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people might point to the weather as an issue, but we can't do anything about that. But there's other things we're going to have to work on. You know, I, I know a lot of people will talk about taxes. Well, let's, let's lower taxes and things like that. Um, you know, a lot of progress was made there. Um, during the Walker years, but, um, you know, and that's really a reflection of the last 10 years, but that still hasn't led to much population growth. So that helps, obviously, but, but there's more to it. There's more to it than that. You know, I think a lot of it is quality of life things. You've got to provide a great quality of life. Um, I think, you know, the education system is vital. You talk about Madison's success as a growth area. Obviously, that's the state capital, and state capitals tend to do well, um, but you can only have one state capital. But I, I really think Madison's biggest strength is more the university than the state capital. The university produces talent. That talent then goes out and you know creates businesses, or they work for companies in the city, and uh, they innovate, and you know they become entrepreneurs. That's attracting more people and then frankly it's attracting more venture capital we've seen so all of that is happening in madison um and we need to see more of that happening in other parts of the state and our university system could be a crucial asset in tapping into that we've got to realize that producing talent and attracting talent is vital to our economy the university system is a big part of doing that but big picture is wisconsin needs to be welcoming to all people and because if, if we don't grow the state population wise 
we're not going to be able to grow the state significantly economically. Yeah. And uh, Lauren covers education for us and I have a feeling we'll be uh, hearing more on the EWM and the EW system front um, here in the, the near future um, from some of Lauren's reporting. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it there on the weekly debrief and Lauren, Andrew, thank you for talking with me this week. We'll talk to you again soon.